my friend, are listening to Come On Man, a 3% Man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man, just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Cordy Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Come On, Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, be sure to give us a five-star review, you know, write up something that tells people why you like us. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm on, I'm, I'm trying to be on pretty much every major podcast platform. I think I'm there. The other day, I got just a random email from a new podcast platform that I've never heard of before called Verbal. And they said, Hey, we included your podcast in our, in our platform, you know, click here just to claim it and whatever. So I went ahead and did that. Cause I'm like, yeah, I, I want to be on every platform. Like why not? You know, there people don't all just listen on iTunes or Spotify, you know? So I did that. I'm on Verbal. If you, if you, if you use Verbal, you're welcome. Oh my God. All right. This week, I have a guy who's pretty prominent in the red pill space. You may have heard of him. His name is Paul Benjamin from Apex Mindset. You may have seen him on the Rule Zero plant panel with, um, you know, Rolo Tomasi and Richard Cooper and, and, and those guys. And uh, a friend of mine who's also been on the podcast, Guy Gustafson, uh, reached out to Paul on my behalf <laughs> and, uh, Paul was cool enough to agree to come on the podcast. So he came on and, and I wanted to ask him because, I mean, he's he's so prominent in the space, you know, and he, he talks to some of the, the biggest names in the red pill, you know, manosphere, like regularly. Uh, so I wanted to get his take on having red pill awareness versus being red pill toxic because there's so much like you know, branded red pill content out there. And some of it is just negative as hell, you know, and people that just, just consume it all the time, just end up having a negative mindset. They hate women. They think women are all cheaters and hoes and whatever. And I don't think that helps anybody. So I wanted to get his take on it because if, if you actually read like Rolo Tomasi's books, right? Not not just the first book, you know, uh, the Rational Male, but you you read Preventive Medicine and Positive Masculinity. I mean, Rolo talks about these guys that become nihilistic and black pill, and that's not really the goal of red pill. At least from from you know my standpoint, I think it's important to have a good understanding of the sexual dynamics between men and women, and like the real stuff, right? Not the rom-com bullshit, but to take that and then just put all women in a box and call them all bitches and hoes and whatever, like doesn't help anybody, but having that red pill awareness can help you navigate those waters and how to interact with women in a positive manner. And that's quite a bit of what Paul Benjamin talks about. And so I wanted to have him come on and, and, and talk about that a little bit. And the stuff that he goes into, it just blew my mind. <laughs> honestly, and I'm sure it'll blow yours too. And I'll bring you that conversation right after this. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, with me this week is Paul Benjamin from Apex Mindset, a man well-known in the manosphere. He's a panelist on Rule Zero. He's a sexual dynamics and mental conditioning expert, and he agreed to come on my show. So I'd say he's an all-around solid dude. What's up, Paul? What's up, Paul? How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Do you find it weird... Like whatever you find another Paul, because Paul, although it's I like don't. a, it's like it's a biblical name, it's not as common as you would think. Right? Yeah, not not a ton of people with uh, Paul. It's so that, but I, it's, it's weird environment. Sometimes I'll end up with like three and four Pauls in the same environment. It seems like it rains and pours. When I was a kid, I lurked in a kitchen and we had three Pauls. So oh, really, I, I ended up getting my yeah, I ended up getting called by my initials. Another dude was Paul too. Like. Just find ways. Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, at the company I work for that shall remain nameless. Uh, I had two. I I had at one point two guys reporting to me, both named Chad, and and so I, I we just used their last name. You know, we yeah. oh Mister So and So and Mister So and So just to you know keep things separated. Right, um, right. So I I have to tell you. So my friend Guy. Uh, who set this up. He's a huge fan of yours. And for weeks, he had been <laughs> sending me messages on Telegram telling me how awesome you are, sh- sending me your videos. He's like, you need to get this guy on your show. And and the funny thing is at the same time, I was getting a lot of other people, uh, you know, I'm like on TikTok or Instagram, and they were messaging me saying, oh, have you seen this, this person? And it was just various people, right? Like, sure you know, uh, Kevin Samuels, for instance, or whatever. They're, right. Get, get, the big, the big gigantic uh, followers. <laughs> right, right. They're, you need to get this guy in your show. And, and I'm right. like, and, and finally, it was just, it was actually becoming so much that I, I, I put out a video. I said, look, I don't think I'm on any of these guys' radar. So if you guys really want them on, on my show, like you need to maybe Tell reach them. out to them or, or put, you know, mention it in their comments because I, you know, they're not even going to know about me. So anyway, guy, he, I put that out and uh, he commented on that video and he's like, that's a great idea. And then that same day, he's like, dude, 
I reached out to Paul for you. And I was like, what? Oh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I reached out to this guy who is, uh, isn't Kevin Samuels. <laughs> well, it, it, it doesn't matter though. He's some, something. I think he's got, <laughs> he's got like a couple thousand at least. No, I mean, I have, I have a decent following though, but uh, well, that's another thing about followings too. So I put a lot of actionable, informationable, uh, informationable, information content. Yeah. And so it's not, I'm not, I mean, sometimes I'm entertaining, but it's not designed to stimulate those dopamine centers of the brain and the entertainment stuff. Mm -hmm. A guy like Kevin Kevin Samuels gets on and, you know, he tells some chick like that she sucks and she's not doing it right. She's never going to get married and her expectations are this. There's a lot of guys that are like, yeah, give it to her. Like, you know, and then other girls are outraged, you know, so there's the outrage marketing a little bit, you know, that happens and I'm not discrediting him. I mean, that's what he's doing, but it's just that that's going to always get more followers, you know, got, uh, look at uh, the guys over at fresh and fit podcast, you know, it might, they're always, they, Bring up, feed some girls white claws, argue with them on a ta- at a table, throw them out occasionally, uh-huh. create some drama. Same reason Jerry Springer's spot was popular back in the day. And I'm not discrediting what they're doing either, but that's always going to give you more uh, people that are going to watch your stuff. But I'm not just after people wanting to watch my stuff. I want people to actually learn from it, action it, and do it. So I'm yeah. okay with a smaller amount of followers. You know what I mean? That's a slower build, but these are people that are genuinely, you know, having issues maybe, or genuinely want to make improvements. And so there's a lot of pain points out there for these guys and, and they want to do the work to fix things. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'd rather have watching me because I, that's who's, you know, who's going to actually benefit from it. So, right. Yeah. yeah it, different it, model. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely a different model. And, and right. I, and I mentioned you're a, you're a sexual dynamics and mental conditioning expert. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about what that is and more about your background in that? I just made it up for the website. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So, so, um, I started off my, uh, Two things. Like I started off my journey really down into the psychology rabbit hole um, with getting into grad school for psych and some of that stuff. And then it's almost simultaneously or shortly after deciding to go to the military in my late 20s. So I was interested in psychology. Wait, wait, I was really interested. You didn't go into the military until your late 20s? Yep. So you were there. Like in boot camp, you were that the old man then. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Right. And yeah, and doing things on, you know, specialized infantry, you know, special operations tier stuff. But it wasn't because I had these dreams and asked, well, I kind of, okay, let me back that up. When I was 18, I was like, ah, oh, dude, I'll go to the military. I'll be like G.I. Joe, you know, dating myself here. But G.I. <laughs> Joe was like the cool toy to play with and stuff when you were younger. And so I, uh, I'm getting out of high school with not much of a plan, you know, and um, then I'm, I got psoriasis, mild skin condition. And at the time in the, you know, mid closer to late nineties, uh, dating myself again, but uh, graduate 96, that was when pre pre-war on terror, everything was different back then. And um, they weren't just taking you. Uh, for stuff and it's and and psoriasis was a disqualifier and so i just i just went okay i guess i'm not doing that and then i just went down another path did college got into business was interested in psych 
you know, pursuing grad school in psychology. But I mean, I was interested in women. <laughs> yeah, like everybody. That's sure. a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Usually most guys. Uh, when, since I was young, but I was really bad with women when I was in high school. So I was just ter- I was terrible at it. And I was raised by a single mom. I didn't have really solid male role models. I was this kind of a tough dude. Like I was doing kid kind of, I was in good shape. I did martial arts and played some sports. You know, it, I was known as that guy, right? Like that, that's the guy that can fight guy, mm-hmm. but I was terrible with women. <laughs> like wow. it was a big, the ongoing joke for my friends was like, watch how quickly this dude can get in a friend zone. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, that's awful. I'm yeah. giving him five minutes. She likes them up. Oh, he's friend zone. You know, it was just yeah. like, Oh, I'm the nice guy. I was just trying to nice guy my way in, into uh, attracting girls. It just was, and it was a, a lot of horrible failures and that when I was in high school mm-hmm. and then I, I was, I started to turn that around in college. And then I was like, man, I really want to figure this part out and figure out relationship dynamics, figure out women. Like I don't understand it. And so I was going into all different kind of rogue territories, you know, you know, and, and so stuff that's not mainstream psychology and all that, this is all before, you know, the red pill thing and the manosphere thing was even a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, that got me into evil psych really early evolutionary psychology and some of that stuff. So that was the interest. And, you know, then went, went to military or whatever. And so in the military, you know, I got exposed more to performance psychology, how to make people a better operator, you know, right. how to make people perform better in the field and then be able to be a normal person when they get back from that too. So those are two separate things. And so I got into, you know, performance psychology and, and, and dealing with that part. And I was in conversation with the head of neurology at Harvard, you know, at the time, just asking questions and just having good discussions about how to make people better. And, you know, them doing my own research and stuff like that, taking some courses in neurology, nothing crazy, just things that, you know, things I wanted to learn and, and really just developing a coaching methodology, which is really based in uh, neurobehavioral conditioning, which is to give you the idea what that is. It's like you have a stimulus, you have a neuron that attaches that stimulus to a response, right? Mm-hmm. Now, some of those responses could be really useful and good, and some of those are not useful at all. But we habituate things because that's how we've evolved. That's how we survive. Mm-hmm. And so give you an, a practical example you know, you're driving in traffic, you're late, stuff like that happens early on in your life or whatever, and you get pissed off about it, you know, mm. you get angry. And that happens a couple times. And now you've now, you've now habituated a response, which is mm. anger when traffic happens. So now you're not even in a hurry. Traffic happens. You're like, son of a, you know, this guy's in front of me, blah, you know, you're just mm-hmm. reacting that way. You're acting in a distressed manner because you've habituated that response. Now your brain is designed to for survival, not for success. That's really important. Mm. You know, it's designed to keep you alive, not achieve a long-term goal. We always have to try to trick or condition our brain a little bit differently for a long-term goal because that's that's not really what the immediate need was for our for our brain's evolution. So so yeah, it's not even though getting mad at traffic all the time and now you're on a talking sexual marketplace. Now you're on a date, you're pissed yeah. at traffic and it throws you off your center and this chick's like, "God, what's wrong with this guy?" You know, there's probably nothing wrong with you. You just have a habit of getting mad at traffic. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Right? But, 
you know, let's change that habit. Let's, let's unlearn or unhabituate that response. So we need to take that neural connection to anger, remove that connection, replace, replace it to a different emotional response. Mm. And so that's, that's a lot of what things are. So you can take things like fears, you know what I mean? Something doing something that would be like jumping out of a plane or repelling or, you know, breaching a door and getting shot at or shooting at people, right? That stuff. These are things that's not really normal. It's going to stimulate a stress response where we can habituate or rather recondition that response a bit. I mean, instinctual responses, you're always going to have to stay on on top of it because it's something that's in that hindbrain operating. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But, But either way, though, you can still take that response though, put it towards something else. So all that distress, the distress signals can go towards more of a predatory actionable fight response versus let's say a shutting down um, where you shut, you shut down completely or something like that, or you want to run away, you know, that, that type of response. Right. So, so think, think approach anxiety, (laughs) anxiety, right. Recondition a response to get that kind of, not, I don't want to say predatory, but that competition, like, oh, I'm going to try to get this girl as that's you take that stress and you point it towards that mm. um, versus let's say revert, you know, uh, clamming up and not, and not taking action because that fear response, you know, signals don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get rejected. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, and so we can do, we can, we can change our behaviors with a lot of this stuff. So in sessions, I'm doing a lot of that with dudes. Okay. And then, of course, there's just the understanding of, you know, female nature and the dating uh, market and how that works. And that's just been a study of mine as well. So going down the rabbit hole for both things and psychology, modern psychology, unfortunately, which is why I left that area, um, you know, it, it, in the modern modern counseling, it's, it's kind of a broken system when it comes to certain things. Yeah. Uh, on a research level, very good, you know. Not a, I'm not a researcher. I'm not doing clinical trials. You know, sure. I'm not doing clinical work with psychology. That that I rely on that data from someone else who's doing it, right? But we can take that stuff and take that data and apply it to the field. That's what coaches do essentially. Think sports mm-hmm. coaches, right? Sports a coach is, doesn't a strength and conditioning coach is not a, you know, he's not a strength and conditioning or strength or you know kinesthetic. Uh, what is it? scientist or anything, exercise scientist, right. where he's taking and doing trials and he has a control group or, yeah. you know, he's observing stuff and making, you know, writing papers and all that crap. No, he's taking that information, the information we know, plus information out in the field, which yeah. is really inductive evidence, not necessarily something that's been studying, but just patterns that we're observing sure. and making conclusions and then apply, okay, here's how we can get results. So a coach, a good coach or consultant in this area is performance-based, results-based. I don't care where I get it. You know, I'm not out researching it to see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just out to take the research that's there, the information that's there, apply it to the individual to do better. And sure. so I'm interested in that performance. And, and that's basically what I do in, in, in both areas, you know, mental fitness, as well as, you know, the dating market relationships and all that. Yeah. Got, got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a solid background. Um, <laughs> I, so I, the first video I saw from you honestly was like, uh, I think it was maybe last year sometime. And it was a video uh, that you talked about using the takeaway. 
And oh. it was a, it was a video on getting a woman's attention when she blows you off in text. Mm-hmm. Now, this podcast was born out of uh, Corey Waynes and the, in the, in the Facebook group around how to be a 3% man, his book. Right. And he okay. always, he always talks about the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Did you, mm-hmm. did you get that from Corey or did, or, I know it's widely also used in sales too, the term, the takeaway. So takeaway I got in sales. That's okay. another thing too. I, I, I was a sales trainer. I was so in my civilian, you know, civilian work prior to the military and, and even afterwards a bit, I was in sales. Okay. So I learned a lot of, I mean, I learned a bit of Jordan Belfort straight line, you know, I learned like different sales methods and I loved it. I just love human behavior and how people respond to things and how to use those responses for, you know, uh, persuasion really is great, you know, and, and then I do like the study of it, although I don't want to do it, use it for evil, but it can be used from what I would call manipulation or, or taking somebody in a direction that they shouldn't go where it's not good for them. Right. That's it. But it's interesting though. Anyways, like down to how people do that. So yeah. I got the takeaway from that. Um, but I do remember I, I watched Corey Wayne's videos like yeah, like a while ago. So I'll, I'll I'll you know give him some props here because so when I was sort of researching my dude figuring my stuff out, yeah, he was really I got looked in the pickup community, you know, in the takeaways in the pickup community. You know, sure. I saw that there too prior to his material was really cool about what he had done and what he was doing is he had taken a lot of stuff that prior to, uh, let's say when he got started, I don't know, maybe I'm just going to say probably more than 10 years ago, but now, excuse me, but uh, pickup was sort of reserved for this weird subculture of people. Uh And they kind of, most people try to keep it like from the main public. There's an idea in the mystery days and some of this stuff and like from the beginnings of RSD, like don't teach every, don't show everybody. Cause then they're going to do it at the bar and then chicks will know what you're doing. Right. Right. And there probably was some element of that because these guys were all in the same, you know, fishbowl over in the LA Los Angeles area. So yeah, you get a bunch of dudes wearing funny hats and acting like dorks half the time and trying different, you know, tricks to get girls to like them. Right. You know, I saw that trick yesterday, last week. Yeah. That does happen there. Right. Right. But there is an element of persuasion and um, psychology that does go into it. That's going to be universal and it's not going to matter really. You know what I mean? It's not a trick. It's not magic. It's just how human behavior and psychology. And what he had done from what I can tell was he had, you know, like guys like Dr. Love and, you know, people that were out there early days doing more or less how to get the girl and how to get the girl to like his stuff. Yeah. He took that stuff and did his YouTube and built his business on teaching normal people who aren't a part of some weird subculture, how to use these tactics and techniques mm-hmm. to get attraction from the, the woman that they like. Yeah. And for women too, like, you know, he's got female followers, clients too. So, I give him like a lot of credit with that. That's really cool. You know what I mean? He was able to observe what's going on in the field, observe his own experiences, but also take the, this information, yeah. you know, and develop further develop bit, I'm sure on his own too. You know, it's, it's good. That's, that's uh, how, you know, how we all do things. Right. Yeah. But he's, um, but yeah, he was able to apply that to normal people. Now, normal people who aren't, you know, living off a trust fund, living in LA somewhere, trying to pick up our girls five days a week. <laughs> can use, you know what I mean? Can actually yeah. have 
good, you know, attractive women in their lives and have good, real healthy relationships. Cause a lot of those persuasion, like, cause the tra- techniques it boils down to attraction. Attraction is not a choice. I do remember him saying that. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, an instinctual thing. Attraction yeah. is instinctual, you know? And sure. so these, this stuff works, whether you're just dealing with a girl right off the bat or you've been married to her for 10 years. So he, he's able to apply that stuff to normal people, help them out. I think it's pretty good, you know? So that's good. I, I like it. So yeah. I did come across his information before. Takeaway was, um, yeah, he, he had, I think he had some stuff on that. I mean, you know, yeah. it's been some I've kind of seen and looked at, you know. It's- <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, I was just curious about that. And, and the reason why I found your video was, uh, so like I mentioned that um, I'm in, I'm in a group. It's called the Three Percent Man Group on Facebook, and right. it's, it's a it's a group of of guys who not they don't just we don't we don't just study Corey's work, obviously. For sure, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I feel like if you just if you just pigeonhole yourself in one area, I mean, I, I, some of the stuff oh. I'm going to say, like a lot of Corey stuff works great for me. Mm-hmm. Some of it doesn't. So I like I take I like to take things from a little bit of everywhere. And, oh yeah, um, absolutely. Well, and that's another thing yeah. too. We got to take it. We have to look at how science works. Right. And it's like science uses, you know, convergent evidence and building upon previous theories and evidence and, and ideas, you know, like you don't have an argument in the science world. Uh, that was my technique. I did that, you know, right. unless we're yeah. talking about plagiarism, it's very common to say, okay, cool. Like this idea now that's more or less commonplace. Well, let's test some other things. Let's expand upon the theory. You don't have that guy going, Hey, I own that theory. You know, you're not allowed to do that. That's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) So we're all in it together. Like really, you know, like somebody comes up with something, you know, I'm going to, and it's good. I'm going to borrow it. I'll credit it when I can, you know? Yeah, Yeah, we should, we we should be building. That's how we get better. Well, yeah, Corey does that too. And I, but I, I get it a lot too. Cause I, I mean, I, I put out a lot of content. Um, I quote from all these different books that I'm, I, I listen to audiobooks all the time. I quote from books all the time. And, um, and I do try to credit people most of the time. I say, I'm reading this book by this guy. This is what they're saying. Yeah. And, uh, and every once in a while I'll get some kind of troll that that'll say, Oh, you're just trying to rip off Corey. And I'm like, you know, first of all, I always, I always cite him. And second, uh, he gets his stuff from other people too. Yeah, like, that's right. Like, we're all getting we all do. One hundred percent. You know, like, it's not a big deal. It's not that tough. You know, and yeah. and, and I I look at you know um, imitate not that anyone's imitating anyone here, but you know, the sure. old saying that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Sure. Someone uses my stuff. I would appreciate the credit if it's like verbatim or something like that. But yeah. You know, or just whatever, but I mean, use it, man. Like, Otherwise, yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess yeah. it was there for it's free on YouTube for a reason. Yeah, I had I had some guys <laughs> saying he reached out. Some guy reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, uh, I noticed that you did a video talking about X Y Z. Would you mind if I did a video? I, I don't give a shit. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do Come it. On. Put your the own spin people, on it, bro. Have the fun. The more people that oh. know about this stuff, like the better. I think you know. Well, hundred percent. That's the thing. We're really a small. There's three hundred sixty-five million people in the United States, and. If you have a hundred thousand subscribers, that's considered a lot. So there's a lot of people in this world that we're in. So that a lot of people aren't getting information and they're not having good relationships either statistically. Right. So, I mean, the more, the merrier, the more we can get out. My value isn't, I mean, the information is valuable, but I look at that as something I give away. Yeah. The value is in how to apply the information, you know, and how to actually do the behaviors. 
You yeah. can have all the information all you want. You could read, you know, court, what does he say? 10 to 15 times or something? Yeah, yeah. Right. 10, you can read Corey's book 10 to 15 times, but if you don't apply it, right. if you don't it's just theory. It, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's what we run into a lot in the space now is a lot of, call it LARPers, live action role players. You know, they're not out there <laughs> doing it. Yeah. They're, they're just like mentally jerking off with it. And that's, <laughs> you know. I like, like that. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mental <laughs> masturbation. Fun term we use. And, I, and so, yeah, you got to apply it, you know? And so that's, and, and how to apply it. That's the, where the challenge is. Cause now we're talking about back to that whole thing about behavioral conditioning. Sure. And so as a coach, yes. Okay. Someone can tell me about their relationship issue that they're having their their dynamic there, whatever. And I can interpret that pretty well from them for them. That's good. But I might have a video for free on how to do that. Did he need to pay me my expensive consultation fee for that? Or what's the real reason he's there? How do I apply this information? So maybe you didn't have that clarity and I helped them with that part, but now what are we going to do with it now? Yeah. Oh, what are we going to do with this information? How are we going to action it so we can get the results that you want? And it's the best thing for you and for other people's around you, or other people around you. There is no free information that's out there. I can write a million books that, that won't solve that problem for that individual. Right. And so I'm not worried about that, the intellectual property part of it. I think that's people have their, their heads in the wrong place when they are. Personally. Sure. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, one thing too, that there's people out there that are sort of, self-motivated, they can take this information and go, okay, I'm going to try this out and do it on right. their own. But a lot of people aren't like that. And I think that's where a good coach comes in because a coach will, you know, hold you accountable to it too. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about this last week. What the fuck did you do with it? Oh, you didn't do anything. Right. You know, and well, then make you feel yeah. like shit about it. So that's what yeah. a, a good thing that I Exactly. Well, it's accountability, but as well as self-awareness. So here's the sure. thing. I actually even had this conversation, I said this to my LTR at one point, yeah. <laughs> you know, like self-awareness is one of the most difficult things. You can know a lot. There's times I know the stuff in and out academically, like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. There's times where I'll screw up. Sure. With my, Cause I am not quite self-aware in that moment of the behavior or the thing that I'm doing and the moment that I'm doing it. That's a real challenge. People take that for granted how challenging that actually is. So mm -hmm. even guys, like I had had a couple of clients this week, in fact, who are really high level dudes mm -hmm. who do really well in every aspect of their life. They're hiring me for my time. Why is that? Because that self-awareness is a challenge. They don't have a motivation problem at all. Mm -hmm. They can action stuff, but they're not, they're looking for those holes in their game, so to speak, where they're missing, like where, what am I missing here? You yeah. know what I mean? I'm seeing, I'm seeing this girl, things are going really well. This kind of happened, that kind of happened. I think it's this, but if something doesn't feel right. What am I missing? You know what I mean? And what, what, oh, it's this. Oh crap. You know what? Then I, I did this thing wrong, dude. I see it now. Right. That's this. That was just a recent conversation call. I was somebody that dude is high level as crap. Mm -hmm. Like he, <laughs> guy, that guy kills it with women. He's like a seven figure earner. You know, but yeah. he has that question because he needs to be. And so someone who's dialed in like that isn't afraid to get that opinion and hire a professional for it. Yeah. I mean, I've been hiring people to help me out, coaches and the mentors and stuff since, since, since the military, you know, when I got off active duty and started a real estate team. So it's, it's good, man. Got people who want to be successful and who want to expedite that process. Talk to other people who have answers. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that, so uh, I kind of want to segue into uh, what I really wanted take to talk to you take about. Takeaway? <laughs> yeah, not the, not, not the takeaway, but so so I mentioned uh, I mentioned offline that one of the things I really wanted to discuss with you is um, sort of like how there's a there's a difference in the manosphere between being red pill aware and then red pill toxic, right? And, and what I mean by that is you know, I follow a lot of the guys in the space, you know, I've read a lot of books and I feel like having a solid understanding of the red pill, you know, about the true sexual dynamics between men and women can be such a valuable tool in a lot of areas in life, not, not just in dealing with women, but it does really help with our, you know, how we interact with women, our relationships, whatever kind of, whatever kind of relationship you want to have, you know, spinning plates, being, being monogamous or, Dare I even say marriage? You know, yeah. <laughs> when, when you're established, obviously. obviously. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Don't rush into that shit. Anyways, <laughs> but but I, I find a lot of red pill content uh, to be very focused on the negative. Right? There's a lot of stuff out there on you know yep. bashing women. Mm-hmm. Hope you know all, all women are hoes. Oh, they're all cheaters and shit. And and I, I don't think that negative mindset really helps anyone. And I, I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's, this is a, a bit of a long answer, but it's probably a good thing, you know, for yeah. the audience that wants to hear, just got to understand kind of what, like, what red pill is, as it applies to space, first of all, mm-hmm. and a better way of understanding it to take the emotional connotation out of it is let's look at something completely different, right? Because okay. <laughs> some, <laughs> some sure. people have their already preconceived notions and stuff. Yeah. Let's look at just evolutionary psychology. That's a great one. Yeah. So David Buss is awesome evolutionary psychologist. I recommend reading any of his stuff. Mm-hmm. The Evolution of Desire is a very thick and long and detailed book. It tells you a lot about female and male desire in nature. It's really good. Okay. I'm sorry, Evolution of Desire? Evolution of Desire by David Buss. Okay. And he's got one on jealousy. He's got a whole different Rolodex of, of, of stuff out there. But we got to look at it. Okay. Is Evolution of Desire a book on how to get dates? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evolution of Desire, David Buss is not going to tell me how to approach a girl at a bar and get her phone number. Yeah. Okay. What he he will have is information from that'll help me understand why she's responding a certain way, maybe. You know what I mean? From based in evolutionary psychology and those theories of how we evolved, what are some reasons why she might be responding a certain way? based on information we have, which is inductive reasoning. So what inductive reasoning is, is where you're coming up with probabilities. Yeah. Right? So in all probability, when she pulled away, this is what it could be based on this. Is she cheating? Is she just feeling smothered because you're te- over texting? Is she right? We're going to look at the evidence, which is the behaviors and what we know. And then we kind of come up with sort of a predictive framework of what we think it might be that they're doing. Yeah. But of course it's not a hundred percent empirical uh, deductive proof. It's not deductive science. Yeah. It's, 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 it's inductive, meaning we're looking or observing, you know, evidence based on behaviors and what we know. And then we sort of, okay, this is what it might be. This is what it might, this, or it could be this. So my best response then is this right? Like, yeah. you know, she's pulling away. Well, I'm going to stay neutral and let her come back to me and not chase her. Right. As an example of, of a, a, uh, a response that we would do based on 
what we can predict from that inductive reasoning. Right. And that stuff can come from a lot of different places. Now, the red pill developed my, and this is, I'm not like Mr. Red Pill, just to be really clear. I do my own thing. Yeah, that is, work that's fine. Things, yeah. And, and, I, and I'm, I consider myself red pilled uh, yeah. in, this, in this sense is that, um, well, I'm friends with Rolo. So, and he's considered, he's one of the kind of that, we could call him the founders of this whole thing. Yeah. He started off in a forum that was a seduction forum. And these guys are writing essays. And you had three dudes who are sort of the most prominent writing these essays. And what they were looking at is a lot of evolutionary psychology, some practical pickup stuff, and some basic behavioral stuff, behavioral psychology, Mm -hmm. trying to come up with what's called a praxeology. Right. So, a praxeology is, and philosophy, it's the idea that human behavior has a purpose behind it, all right? And so nobody really does anything by accident. They, they could be unaware, like accidents in terms of I made a mistake because I was unaware or I was being stupid or I thought this thing and really it's that thing. Yeah, sure. But there's always an explanation for human behavior. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes the explanation is not that deep or real simple, but it's always an explanation behind it. And so you have all these guys going, excuse me you have all these guys in this you know going well i don't understand women (laughs) right and that was that's the common trope right is well we don't understand don't try to understand women right women understand women and they hate each other yeah yeah, right so then it's like (laughs) so it's like wait a second wait a second why 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 not why why can't we understand women let's try to come up with some sort of praxeology to try to understand this behavior sure And so now we have a bunch of theories that people have written about, and then that falls under that banner of red pill. But here's what's happened now. The, the brand of it, it turned into a brand. Yeah. It got popular. Well, what's popular? What's going to get me viewers? Yeah. Right? Like news stories. Do I report all the good news? No. I report all the bad news. And yeah. This shit's going to happen. And she's going to cheat on you. Right. And so then I just do a bunch of crap like that. And what that does is it stimulates uh, the anxieties that men and people have. And so, guys, when you stimulate someone's anxieties, the behavior is to seek out more information to confirm that anxiety. Mm. Not, yeah, that's so that's that's when when I get help people with their anxiety right. in session. And it's where we're trying to not part of it is to not continue that pattern of confirmation bias of your anxiety. Yeah. Cause that's not objective. So let me give you an example. You're a little suspicious about what your girl's doing. Uh-huh. And so you're going to go, I'm going to check her phone. Right. I'm not, you're not going to do that. Nor am I. Cause it's a little weak ass in my opinion, but that's what a guy does. Very common. Right. I'm going to look at her phone. I'm going to go through her stuff. Right. Yeah. So his anxiety is up. He's let's say he's been cheated on before. He's been kind of, <laughs> you know, jerked around by women before hurt his feelings. Right. I don't mean to say that trivially, yeah. but you know, he's got some pain from that little bit of micro trauma or some, you know, macro trauma from it. And so now he gets an anxiety, right? She doesn't love me. She's with another dude. She has not been, you know, some of this behavior because he noticed some things differently about her behavior. So now he's searching in her phone, searching, searching, searching. And so nothing in the current that he finds that says, see, she's cheating on him. Yeah. What does he do though? He goes down this rabbit hole of checking every messages. When did she talk to her ex last? Right. She's yeah. going, right. When did she, she like that guy's post? Right. Now he's just like stimulating this anxiety because anxiety for survival is designed to make you have negative emotions 
to avoid the thing. Mm. If I, if I have rustles in the bushes and I just start running with no thought process behind it, cause I get a fear response, you know, that, that keeps me alive because if those are a pack of wolves, great. Now, what if there were just some deer roaming around or something still kept me alive. So my brain, it, once we get into that state, our yeah. brain looks to confirm this belief. They're not looking to see things objectively. The user or the person thinks that they're being objective. Well, I'm just looking for the information and this. Well, when they find information to confirm that they're wrong, they're usually not like, oh, I feel better. Usually they continue to dig for a while because they're looking to confirm their negative belief set of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you never confirm information or you just blindly trust things, but it's a real challenge for people to get into what I'd call a neutral mindset where they're not thinking excessively negatively or excessively positively about it. They're seeing objective reality for what it is, interpreting it. Then from that standpoint, just radical acceptance. Here is what it is. Okay. What do I do about it now? Right. Yeah. And so, so that's the, the thing is guys are taking a praxeology, which talks about things and female nature from an amoral standpoint. Every woman is wired to cheat on it. That's a fact. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a myth. It's a fact that they have a certain wiring where they could cheat on you. That doesn't mean every woman will cheat on you. Right. There's a lot of women who won't cheat on you yeah. because there's other things in place. Let's look at hypergamy. Women want the best deal they can get. And that's an ingrained genetic wiring. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're going to discard their husband of ten years because uh, some hot bartender, you know, hit on her at a bar. And mm-hmm. It's not what that means, because there's other instinctual things in play too. Not it's not the only thing. There's also you know? social stigmas to you know, like oh, I'm going to cheat on him. What and I like, call okay, good chip or bad chip, right? right? Social stigma is a powerful drive, as powerful sometimes as the hypergamous one. Not to mention the hypergamous drive is subjective, meaning she could see, you know, dad bod over here is the best that she's ever been with because her emotions are stimulated and to a degree that it's that that that, that's how she feels about it. Yeah. Is it objectively too? Um, Probably not. All right. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Because there's always someone around the corner is better than me. I don't care how good I am. Right. But that's why women don't just dump their guys every five seconds. Because, and, right. and that's why it's based on desire and attraction, not so much, do you know what I mean? Oh, let me logically calculate who the better deal is. Oh, you're right. using an inch and a half taller than me. I think it's a better deal. I'll go with that guy. It's not how it works, right? Sure. And so, and so it's guys who are not understanding how women think and how their emotional systems work and how desire works and all these other factors because they have anxiety. They have problems. And so they look at a praxeology, something that's designed to just talk about, you know, pre- give an explanation for behavior, right? right. Like it's really after the fact. She does this. Well, why would she do that? Let's look at this behavior. And now let's look at the patterns of behavior over, you know, a bunch of women doing similar things. What, what, what could we say that that is? Yeah. And so that gives us a praxeology, an explanation for human behavior, which is great if you know how to use that correctly. Yeah. In terms of just understanding your woman's motivations. Yeah. But it's not so great if you have a bunch of anxiety and a bunch of bullshit in your head, because what ends up happening is they take all that BS and they just apply it to whatever they're looking at. Yeah. And so it ends up being completely false. And so you have a lot of people 
to include content creators under the red pill banner who are full of crap. Like we're uh-huh. just saying stuff that's garbage and that isn't helpful because they probably have their own anxieties. They get now rewarded for that because other people have anxieties. They come into them, they're harding and liking their stuff and going, bro, that's fire. You know, cause when my girl cheated on me, that's what happened too. And yeah, yeah. dudes, they're it's all like, like mob. That. It becomes a mob mentality. Right. And so they're not, they're not looking at the nuances of it. They're not looking that it's not that, you know, there isn't instincts that exist, but women are individuals and they are human beings, just like we are individuals as men. And so we have to account for individual characteristics sure, and not make vast generalizations because we have instincts. I mean, my instinct as a male is a spread seed amongst all the land, amongst every fertile, halfway decent looking three and above. I'll say two and above, right? That's my chimp brain. My chimp brain is going to do that. Your chimp brain is the same thing. Sure. Does that mean I'm going to go sleep with a two or a three? Does that mean I'm going to cheat on my girl or something? Or does that mean I'm going to, you know, if I was a married guy that he's going to just like sleep with the secretary, even if she's, if she's good looking, like, no, no, there's other things involved. Human, human psychology is more complex than a novel theory here or there, but these guys are cherry picking things that are true things. Yeah, you know they are true, but they're they're the way that they're applying it and the way that they're looking at it is is completely wrong, and that's what you end up happening. That's the toxic stuff, yeah. Unfortunately, and they're usually just on the internet commenting on your stuff. <laughs> they're not really doing a lot usually. Right, they're not, definitely not talking to girls. Right, which which <laughs> what I what I uh, I messaged you last night saying, hey, this is kind of where what I'm thinking about talking about. You're like, let's talk about how people with that <laughs> negative mindset suck at game. And I was like, yes, let's talk about that. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Cause they're putting all their limiting. All right. So all the things you need to do in game, right. To attract a girl uh, is going to be compromised by having a bunch of anxieties or over analysis about how this girl's acting. Sure. So, so when these guys are like, Oh, like she said that, uh Oh, you know, she slept with, probably more than, you know, eight people. So she's probably a, a bad person to be with. And like, they're just like, you know, they end up spurging out and really not handling women very well because they end up having like these emotional reactions that are very negative. They end up being that toxic guy really around these girls and, and pick, they'll get, you know, angry even and take things personally. You know, they're on a dating app and they do an opener, you know, a girl like, responds or whatever and you know they'll respond and then she kind of ghosts or whatever and it gets all mad about it or whatever and you're a slut because blah 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 maybe you know i've heard all of the guys trying to to explain red pill truths to women like stop it like yeah don't Don't talk about fight club yeah yeah well not (laughs) right and it's not even what it's not even what resonates with them right because they're emotional in the way that they're thinking Mm -hmm. and they're by nature, their, their mating strategy is deceptive, even onto themselves. Mm-hmm. It had to be. It had to be, you know, or they wouldn't have survived very well. And so they often don't, there's a resistance to wanting to understand their own behavior. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but it's, it's, you can go into Evo Psych, don't even need to look at Red Pill for that stuff. Yeah. And so in add, any human being, male or female, has self-awareness problems, add that element to it, the fact that their sexual strategy is often um, confusing onto themselves, that there's an instinctual drive for them to be deceptive to themselves about what they're doing, 
you're now going to sit here and have a logical breakdown of what their red pill truths and what, how, how to interpret her behavior when she was in 21, like when she was 21 years old, this is not only a boring conversation, but it's offensive. And I can actually <laughs> hear the vagina audibly drying up, you know what I mean? From miles right. away from, from people I've talked to who've done this uh, yeah, while they're on yeah. dates, it doesn't work. Cause what you need to do when you're with a woman is make a good, uh, I say social connection because we're social animals. That's looking at it from the lens of, you know, uh, biology and, 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 and evolutionary psych, but you're making a connection with somebody and you're making that connection on an emotional, deeper level where you're getting to know somebody on that level. That's what it is. You make this, and I don't mean it in a, I don't mean it in an esoteric spiritual sense, not that you couldn't take it there if you wanted to, but mm-hmm. you're communicating them in a way that tickles their mating brain, the hind brain that says this guy's attractive. You know, I want to be, I could mate with this guy. I want to be with this guy. Mm-hmm. And that's with your sub communication, your body language, your tone of voice. The words you're saying could be very ordinary, but all of those other things are communicating seduction to them. Mm-hmm. And then the playfulness, the funness, getting into what I call the fantasy or imaginative brain, not taking things so seriously. These things are all very counterintuitive to studying red pill, yeah. right? And, and I say that from somebody who studies this stuff too, yeah. but I don't bring it with me when I'm with a girl. Like that's insanity. Yeah. And so that's where these guys really screw themselves up. But they're doing it because they're afraid. They're doing it because they've you know been screwed over or they're nervous about being screwed over and that they've stimulated that anxiety th- through some of the negative mouthpieces for, that are out there for the stuff. It, it, and even the neutral stuff, they're just reading it in a way uh, that is counter into counterproductive for themselves. Yeah. Have you ever been sick or had something weird going on? Like, so, you know, something feels weird in my shoulder or whatever. <laughs> then you web MD it. You're like, Holy crap. You it's know, cancer. cancer. Yeah. And Ebola. <laughs> right? That's like what guys do with their sexual strategy. They're like, yeah. I'm a little bit afraid she did this, or I'm not sure. What does that mean? And then they start looking at it for, tr- for, for truths and explanations. But like, you could get the most savage explanation on earth, but that doesn't mean that it's the only explanation. They'll, they'll go into that. And the other thing is it doesn't mean that some of the things that are a little bit more rough to accept that, 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 that actually matters yeah. or that that means that she couldn't love you, for example. Sure. You know, <laughs> whatever you want to say that, you know? And so, so it's, it's really coming from a bad place. Guys need to be, a guy needs to really understand that what she thinks about you, and this is going to sound real bad at first, and I'll explain it why it's important. Yeah. What she thinks about you, okay, her feeling, her, her, what her, how she thinks of you, um, in terms of how she treats you and her words, words about you and her words to you, it's always BS. It's always BS. Now let me explain why that's true and why it's important you understand it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you have what I call a sexual exchange, we could be simply looking across the room seductively at each other and debating. She's wondering if you're going to talk to her, you're going to maybe figure out and go, go talk to her. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happening. I haven't had sex yet, but that's still there. Now that dynamic enters the room. As soon as that dynamic enters the room, objectivity is out the window. 
So I could be working in my engineering firm. I don't not engineer, but I'm just using that because <laughs> they're very linear thinkers and stuff. Yeah. And I could have a female supervisor, right? And that female supervisor could review me as an employee just as good as a male could. She could totally be objective. Everything's fine. If there's no sexual exchange. As soon as there's a sexual exchange that changes the dynamic and makes it now not objective to at least some degree, the more deeper that exchange becomes, the more emotions become a barrier to any sort of objectivity. I got a long-term relationship. My girl thinks I'm pretty awesome most days, right? (laughs) So she's like, talk about me like I'm pretty awesome. You know, she treats me like I'm pretty awesome. Yeah. And then let's say she gets pissed off at me. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> now, now I'm not so awesome. Let's yeah. just really mad at me. Like really mad at me. Like maybe I did something for real. Cause that happens. We, we do stuff. We're not perfect. Sure. And so <laughs> now it's like, man, I just, I hate him. Like, right. Yeah. Like her whole demeanor. Now she's not a disrespectful person. She's not going to just be toxic about those emotions, but her behavior, the way she would talk about me or not talk about me demonstrates. I am not a value per, a valuable person to her right now. You know what I mean? It's it's always in the moment too with their always emotions. in the moment because their yeah. emotions are changing. Yeah. So so what that's the so then it's like to ask guys like what was the difference between you prior to her being mad at you and you after you intrinsically in terms of your value as a man what's the difference? Mm-hmm. There is no difference. You're the same person. The mm-hmm. only thing that changed was her emotions based on a triggering or stimulating event right? Whether right or wrong, whether it's your fault or not, that's mm-hmm. all it is. An yeah. event happened, changed their emotions. That's not objective. That's subjective. Sure. So now apply that to going to talk to a girl. If she rejects you. Okay. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's like, it's like, it doesn't say anything different about who you are as a man, your value, or even your own attractiveness to a degree. Now we can collect data if you're getting rejected by every single girl of every single, you know, sexual market value. Well, yeah, when 20 people think something, now it becomes a little bit of evidence and we might want to now look at her behavior and change something. But even then it's subjective from each individual person. So what am I doing as a pattern that's turning everyone off, right? You can look at that stuff that way, but it's still not something to be taken personally because I can take a guy, well, I've done it so many times. Mm -hmm. Take a guy who's getting nowhere. Let's say on a dating app. Now, this is a really good example. Some actual advice for your audience, too. Yeah. Get a guy who's on a dating app, right? And he's got, uh, I'll use two examples. One was this guy had all these really cool photos, right? He had uh, like four, four, you know, four or five really good photos, follows what I would prescribe. And they had one photo that made him look like a complete dork. Yeah. Right? He just looked terrible in this photo. He was getting like not good responses. It was not. Well, yes, because a woman is going to see your worst photo in that app as, you know, that's what you look like. Because women, we look at solipsism, they do filter things through their own, you know, perceptions and and needs and wants and, and what they're doing. Well, yeah, women wear makeup. Women do themselves up. They do, you know, so they assume that guys are like when they take a photo that they're putting their best out. You know, at least yeah. on, an, on an instinctual level. So when a guy has five photos and the worst one, she figures that's exactly what he looks like. Not that that's a bad photo or a bad angle or any of that stuff, but that that's what that what you're looking at. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so she thinks she's talking to this dork the way that the other five photos don't matter. Just taking that photo out was a simple observation thing. All of a sudden, the dude is now game like 
responses changed like that. You know, mm-hmm. matches, hits, girl, all that stuff. It changed like almost immediately. Another one back to photos again on dating apps, just to use this example. I one guy, high level guy, look, you know, looked, looked good. A lot of things going for him, high earner, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? His, his sexual market value, as we call it, was, was pretty high. Yeah. But he didn't feel that way on the inside. So that translated to how he presented himself on the apps. Well, I got to go be myself is what it is. And so he has photos that are more candid and all this stuff. None of them look that good. They're not yeah. a good presentation of him. Right. Why? Because he doesn't feel like he's this high SMV guy on the inside. He's not that it's a confidence issue, but it's more than that. He just doesn't feel like he's that valuable or that, or even that attractive. Mm-hmm. So he's picking something that would make him look attractive. Felt felt weird for him to put on the app. He had to put more of an ordinary photo. And then the self-talk or the argument he's going to tell himself is, well, I, I want to be myself mm-hmm. because to him, the good looking version of him and those good looking photos, that wasn't really him. Right. And so that just shows you how limiting beliefs can really, really cause these things to, to be different. I looked at his because he was getting like these. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going over his text exchanges. I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? Like, this isn't, let me see your profile right now. Let me see your profile again. Yeah. He had had <laughs> these, these shitty photos. And so I'm like, okay, man, what are you doing? I'm like, what, I like yelled at yeah. him. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, I'm trying to, of course. These aren't, this isn't even you, dude. It's not even who I see over at Zoom. He was like, well, he's not, what do you mean? It's not who I see. I'm like, yeah, because in the inside, he feels like this lower sexual market value, lower value man, and he's just not. And so I'm like, we need to get new photos of this. He goes, oh, I have some. I'm like, you have some? He had gotten professional photos done. Didn't think to put it on his apps because he didn't (laughs) think it looked like him. Yeah. I was like, I was like, put that one there. Like, that's right. Like, I was just, that goes there. That goes there. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And so then all of a sudden blows up, you know, apps blow up. He's getting a bunch of dates. Yeah. You think those girls saw him on the date and went, Oh, you're not like your photos. Who are you? No, of course not. They, yeah. they were happy to see him. I mean, they, they saw him as when he showed up because he, we developed confidence with him to show up confidently. Yeah. They saw him the way that those photos were, and they saw him as a confident, high sexual market value guy because that's who he, you know, presented himself as, and that's who yeah. he felt like on the inside. But um, I don't even know how we got on that tangent. Well, we, we, we were we were talking about we we were talking about uh, negative mindset and make it uh, yeah. how it makes you suck at game. How how are we on time? We're we're coming close to an hour. We good? I'm good for a little while. As long as you want to go, man, for a little bit. I got I got a guy kind of waiting on me for a consult, but he understands the flexibility of what we're doing. Okay. If I, yeah. if I talk to him in 30 minutes, not going to be mad at me. So. Okay. Yeah. We. Uh, well, I won't take up too much of your time. I want to be respectful of that. But. No, it's okay. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to talk to you about. Now, you've already talked about Rolo. Rolo's your friend. Uh, and Rich, Rich Cooper, too. You know Rich? Yeah. No, Rich, bit bit better than uh, Rolo. Yeah. You, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I like to tell people, um, and like, especially my videos too, that, that are, are just getting into this stuff. I, I, I always say, I go, look, um, I feel like Rich's book, the unplugged alpha is the best red pull book out there. That's, and that's a personal opinion. And I, and the reason why is because although he goes into a lot of the same stuff that Rolo goes into, 
he gives actionable advice like you were talking about. And that's Dude, Rich I, is a damn genius. I'm just going to yeah. tell you right now. He's a, he's, he's a damn genius because yeah, it was like, it wasn't, he wasn't trying to break the market with groundbreaking new theories. Right. He was like, I'm going to roll all this actionable stuff in a book that's concise. Yeah. Easy for guys to grab onto and start changing their lives with it. Like it right. wasn't this complicated mess of stuff or this deep dive into, you know, theories of human behavior, which some of that stuff, I like that stuff personally. Yeah. It's good. But stuff. Yeah. Most people don't want that. Most people want to go, how do I fix myself? Yeah. Pick up that book. There you go. There's your, there's a start for you. Yeah. It's, it's so good, dude. It was like so simple. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I love that book. Yeah. And, and I, I talk about it quite a bit. Now, now I've read uh, the first three of Rolo's Rational Mail series, and they're all excellent books, and I recommend them. But, mm-hmm. but like you said, it's it's a praxeology, not a not a, a prescription, right? That's the right. That's, the, that's what it is. And so, yeah. and another thing about it, and I don't I don't know if it's because it's the audio version, because I'm always like an audio reader, and I've, I haven't read the the actual sat down and read the paperback versions or whatever. But right, I don't know if it's if it's Sam Bada as the voice, the like the you know the 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 voice actor or whatever mm-hmm. that it, but it really comes across as like very cynical and condescending. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's fine because the information's good. You know, if you could take that, but a lot of guys read like the rational mail first, especially like after a bad breakup or something, they read that sure. and then they're like, fuck women, you know? And it's, <laughs> and it's like, Oh, so I always say, you know what? Read Rich's book first and then maybe get into <laughs> Rollo's books after sure. that. It's not bad advice though, really, because I mean, get into the the concepts of what's, you know, without going too far into, you know, you start getting in the weeds with the details, which Rich does, or not Rich, Rolo does that um, very well, you know, but, but some guys, if they already have, you know, limits to their own belief system based on trauma and damage and stuff going on inside of them. Yeah. They're going to interpret that those details, not going to see the nuances for what they are. They're going to interpret those details really badly and that's not going to be good for them, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, you always got to look to at the source and like what, what the kind of what the purpose is of the delivery of the information. Like, you know, Rolo is, is doing a praxeology and, and, and studying and demonstrating explanations for, you know, behavior in the sexual marketplace. And, yeah. and he's looking at it at a scale. He's not looking at your individual girlfriend right. <laughs> like, right. who, who will fall in line with some of the instinctual things, but there's other nuances there. You can't just, you know, look at the most, like you could say damaging way of looking at it and then act from that point because the, you're not being objective. Guys yeah. think when they're being super negative, that they're being objective. And that's completely not true. Yeah. You know, guys think, well, if I just ignore it, I think everything is good. I'm putting my, you know, my head in the sand. Well, you kind of are doing the same thing, thinking of it negatively. You're just doing more than putting your head in the sand, though. You're doing things that are going to sabotage it. It's what you're doing. And so either answer, putting your head in the sand is not good, but being, you know, sabotaging for yourself and your relationships is even worse. So really you, it goes back to, and this is why I'm doing the mental fitness stuff. Why? Well, I'll, I'll shamelessly plug my course, which will be out next week. It looks like now Monday or Tuesday, yeah. but you know, the alpha mindset course, because that's a really original name. No one's ever come up with it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, by the time this airs, it'll have already been out for a while, but that's cool, man. People can just pick it up. 
I'm going to try to do a little price point, but it's all these things that will help dudes get into a neutral mindset, into a mindset of objectivity, to getting emotional self-control, mental self-control, so that they can see things for what they are and then make good decisions for themselves and not be walking around with a lot of distressed emotions about things. If you can get to that state, you can read this stuff and, and it's great. You're like, oh, wow, this is good news. And that's a big difference too. Like the difference between someone in a good neutral mindset, but also, you know, more or less a positive thinker when it comes to action. Like I'll take this information for what it is and I'm going to make it work for me. Right. That's a success minded person. Mm -hmm. They'll read something like some truths about female nature, the sexual marketplace, and they'll go, Oh God, that, that makes sense. I'm so glad I read that. Now I understand. Yeah. Now I can use this information to better my life with my girlfriend or while I'm dating or whatever it is. Whereas dude who are, dudes who are not in that mindset, they'll read it and they'll go, I can't believe I got duped, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or, oh, okay. I can't believe women are like that and this and that. And they're all, yeah, they all suck and whatever. And so that's the difference, you know, and if you're in that all women suck mindset or whatever, if you're just, if that's your mindset, you're not going to do too well with them. You're not going to enjoy yourself. If you right. really think, I mean, we joke around, you know, say, oh, they're from the streets, right? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, some are, of, I mean, some are, let's be honest. Some, some are, are, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> if we, you know, if we're all like, but, but I mean, if I, if I really think negatively about women, you right. know, how am I supposed to have a good time with them? Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm really doing myself a disservice. When I, when I take a chick out, even a chick who is deeply flawed, and not going to be a good relationship partner, at least not at the time I'm with her, you know, maybe, maybe in the future, but where she's at in life, like, nah, she's not going to be good for a commitment. Yeah. But so what radical self-acceptance for how she is as a person, she's not trying to harm me overtly. So it's nothing. Yeah. And, and I can go out. I could be, spend time with that person. I can go on a, go out with that person, have a great time. Yeah. You know, I know my limits. I'm not going to try to wife her up or something. If she's not capable of that and going to be a good answer for that. Yeah. But I can have a good time, enjoy myself. Even if it doesn't turn out well, I could actually enjoy the learning experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so these are places men need to get to with their mind. If yeah. you get there with your mind, now these experiences you have with women, good or bad, become assets to you. They become either learning experiences that you're happy that you had, or they become great times and great experiences that you're happy that you had all things pointing you towards what you really want. And so that's why that mindset stuff, your inner game, that stuff is so important. And guys really need to think about that stuff, particularly if they're going to start getting into some of the more objective things that are not, don't have a moral connotation to it. Evo psych, one of them, red yeah. pill stuff is another, you know what I mean? Sure. So, sure. Yeah. What they, what that you're saying is, you know, the, if you have this negative mindset and you're, you're talking to women about it and how it, it'll turn them off, it's like, think of it this way. Can you imagine going on a date and you show up and this chick is just a man-hating radical yeah, feminist? Exactly. I yep. hate men. All men are pigs. They're all trash. Right. Like, would you want to be with a person like that? No one wants to be with a person like that. So why, would you, why be that kind of person on the op opposite end of the spectrum? It's terrible. Right. And, yep. and also you're talking about uh, a learning experience. One thing I, I always tell guys is, you know, like a lot of guys get so pissed off at like catfishes, right? They go on a, a, a date and this chicks catfish them and they flip out. I, I always like, I always say, look, 
this is a great uh, practice opportunity. You don't have to sleep with her. You don't have to like kiss her at the end of the night or whatever, but it's a great opportunity to just sit there, practice body language, practice bantering, practice letting her do 80% of the talking. 100%. And then then at the end of the night, wish you the best of luck in your dating, you know, never have to talk to her again. But now the next date that you go on, you have some practice behind you. And like you said, habits make all the difference and you only get those type of habits from practice. Right. Getting out there. Right. Well, that's so you're you have exactly the right mindset that people need to take with dating, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people don't. So people get focused on some goal that they have outside of where they're at instead of looking at the experience and saying, how can I back to neutral mindset? How can I use this experience to my advantage? So if a guy goes on a date, the date let's say he was catfished and he's mad. He's mad because his expectations weren't met. His expectations were either to get laid or to get in a relationship someday or whatever in his head he had that had nothing to do with the moment he was in. And so that expectation that that probability or possibility, you know, once that expectation was not met, that that was going to be a possibility with this person. Now they're mad about it. And they're mad because they, you know, they were duped into it, lied in, lied into it. When if you look at these uh, these things as learning experiences and you look at the whole thing of dating as an experience of training, I don't get mad when I go to the boxing gym because, you know, I don't know, I didn't knock somebody out or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm going in. I might be just doing bag work. I'm going in to train every experience I'm going into is training for me to get better, which points me, gives me more skills to get what I want. You know, your success with women has to do with your. Value is a man, your intrinsic value, we could call it sexual market value. It has to do with your opportunity. So how many opportunities you have with women? And yeah. then it has to do with your skills, those three things. And guys need to develop those skills. So you're looking at it. You, you don't walk away. You have a good time. I've, I've been cafe. I've had, I've met with girls that I'm like, ugh, this ain't going to work. Yeah. I still have fun. I can yeah. enjoy the moment for what it is. Who cares? I walk away with something from it, even if it's only something this big. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have to. I'm setting. If you're setting your dates up properly, you don't have to spend tons of money and tons of time on it. That you should only be really meeting for a quick drink to see what she's like, anyway. Yeah, you end it in 30, 45 minutes or something because it's not worth your time, and you'd rather go to another place and 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 do a little game on your own or whatever. Or just spend time with yourself because it's just not that fun to be around. Mm-hmm. What'd you lose? You didn't lose anything. Right. I, t- I tell guys, they get mad and they're like, oh, they wasted your time. I'm like, it's only a waste of time if you turn around and 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 walk and go home when you're expecting to go out for drinks anyway. You turn yeah. around, go home and jerk off. Like that's a waste of time. <laughs> right. You know, but but practicing for your next date is is not time wasted, you know. Exactly. So, uh, this oh, yeah. has been this has been a really great discussion. And I, I want to thank you for joining me. Where where can people find you on the on the Internet, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. So just go to uh, Apex Mindset on YouTube and that's all the, the cool videos and you guys might like some of that stuff. And um, please subscribe if you go there. And then apexmindset.net to book a consult or to take any of the courses. They're po- I'll have a membership program in a community by the time that you air this probably if you're airing it in November. So mm-hmm. that stuff will all be detailed there on the website, you know, and just, you know, hit me up and we'll do some stuff. <laughs> whatever your audience, you know? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think a, a lot of guys, a lot of guys that, that listen to the podcast, uh, you know, this, this really is a podcast for students, you know, like I, sure. I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not a dating coach, you know, I'm a podcast host and I'm a fellow student. I just like learning the stuff. And so guys that listen to this, you could definitely benefit from, you know, a consultation with you, I think for sure. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Good. Good. Good conversation, dude. Anytime I'm back, it's fun. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Yeah. We'll keep in touch. Awesome. Paul, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime. The conversation we had was very enlightening from my standpoint, and I hope a lot of uh, people got a, got a lot out of it, and hopefully in a positive manner, and they can now take some action and not just you know sit at home and wallow in some self-pity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was great, uh, and I hope, I hope that we keep in contact and uh, you know, we can have more conversations like this, because that, that would be really beneficial to quite a bit of guys in the space, you know, guys that want to make positive changes in their life. And if you guys are looking for a good coach to help you with your mindset, definitely check out Paul's website. I will put that in the description. Other than that, we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. If you are new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your favorite podcast platform of choice and share with all your bros. Now go out and get it.